0: On chapter uh, 14, on Shmuel Bet, we saw the unfortunate events of Amnon raping his half-sister, 13, sorry, 14 is today, raping his half-sister, if she was half-sister, Tamar. And we ended uh, in a point where Tamar leaves the room very upset and she comes to her brother, uh, uh, Avshalom, and when she tells Abshalom what happened to her, what was Abshalom's reaction? She doesn't tell him, he guesses that she was raped by Amnon. What was Abshalom's reaction? We are on Pasuk, um, sorry. We did this already. We got, we got up to the this. part
1: with the friend, the bad friend, that like gave him the advice and says that it's been two years that he's been
0: plotting this. Okay, so I just repeat so for Eileen that wasn't here what? that Avshalom told Tamar, "It's okay, keep it quiet. Like, let's not don't make a big noise out of this." And after during two years, Avshalom does not relate to Amnon at all, and we, we saw how hatred sometimes is, uh, uh, I say, expressed by not communicating with the the enemy. So Absalom is getting a plan, is is having a plan and after 2 years he invites everybody to a feast where they are going to have the shearing of his sheep. He tells David his father to come. David says no, I don't want to come so he says it was all planned. He insists, insists he says at least let Amnon come. And David says why should Amnon go? No, let him come, let him come. So Amnon goes and Absalom orders his servants to kill Amnon whenever Abnon is a little bit happy with wine, kill him. And he tells him, don't be uh, worried because it's on me. It's my responsibility. Now they killed Abnon and all the other brothers of uh, of Shalom, all the other children of David that are there, they run away. But the news come to David. What are the news saying? That all the sons have been killed. All your sons have been killed. Obviously, so David and all his men start crying. All our children have been killed, but then this friend of Amnon, what did he say? Um, no, just that? Amnon got killed. Bayan Yonadav, Ben Shimap, Asuk Lamed Bet, he tell, Yonadav "Tell him, no, 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 it was only Amnon. I know it's only Amnon because I know what Avshalom had in his heart against Amnon since the moment Amnon raped Tamar. Eh uh, So what happens after this? And this is where we didn't finish. Pasuk la medale, pasuk thirty-four on chapter Yud Gimel. Vayirach avshalom, vayisah hanar at zofet enaf, vayar veineh am rabal kim biderach harab mitzadahar. Okay, I'm, I'm repeating. Vayomer yonada velamelch, ineh bene melch ba ukitvarem dechak So avshalom, what does he do? Avshalom fled. He escapes. The lookout soldier raised his eyes and saw that, behold, a large group of people was traveling on the road behind him from that direction of the mountain. So Yonadav then said to the king, Behold, the king's sons have arrived, like your servants would. I was right, so it was. Just as he finished speaking, the king's sons came. They all raised up their voices and wept. Also, the king and all his servants wept a very great weeping. What are they crying about? Um, Amnon. About the death of Amnon. That didn't come back with them. With them. So what is the story with Absalom? And Absalom barach. Ba'yelech el Talmai ben Amihud, al beno kol Absalom had fled. He went to Talmai, son of Amihud, the king of Geshur. Like Absalom goes into exile, and David mourned for his son many years. Here the translation is writing to us in in parentheses. That David is mourning for whom? Um, Avshalom. For, for Amnon, it says here, here. It says Amnon. It says Amnon, oh. but actually, this is an interpretation. Not everybody agrees with this interpretation. I read Mefarshim, an interpretation that said that actually David uh, was uh, mourning for his son, Avshalom. It Why? says in the next pasuk that. Exactly, it continues with Avshalom. No, I, but the fact that it says, call Ayamin forever. Usually, it's not normal. We know that it's TV she'amet yishtakach min'alev. It's normally, when a person is mourning, at one point, the mourning ends. It's normal, it's nature that we forget the deceased. Like, who didn't finish his mourning? Yaakov. No, Yaakov, because why? Because it was Yosef alive. was not because, So here, some will say, the evil the, the mourning of David, was for Absalom. Now, before I continue. Number one, what does it remind you that Absalom goes into exile? David went into exile. David David went into exile for different reasons. David went into exile because unjustly, in an unjust way, Shaul wanted to kill him. Absalom goes into exile because he deserves to be killed. He knows he just committed murder, murder, not directly with his hands, but he sent uh, people to kill his brother. Amnon so he knows what's coming next is the, the king will send the people to, to his soldiers to get me and, and my, my sentence is going to be death another thing how do we understand that David moans for his son Amnon how, does we, how do we understand that why would he moan sorry for his son of Shalom what type of mourning is that when I read this, it it reminded me something, and then I heard it in a sure from Rabbi uh, Rabbi. Who was that? I don't remember. I heard few Oliam about this, but it reminded me. I don't know if you can relate to this. When anybody, before I say it, okay. When Esav wants to kill yeah. Yaakov, Rivka tells Yaakov to flee to her brother's house. And she says, why should I lose you both? both my sons at on the same day? time. You remember. Right. Why should I lose both my sons at the same time? And in oh, class-
1: because they would have killed, if Esav killed Yaakov, then Esav would have been killed as like re, like a retribution. That could be
0: one way, but the other way could be, what does it mean for a parent? One of your kids is killed and the other one becomes a murderer, right. somehow you are losing him as well. If God forbid a, ch- a, a, a person becomes a murderer for the parents, it's like losing a child. So it could be that the, the pain of, of David is, how can I consider him my son? How can, I, how can I relate to him? Like, I cannot have a relationship with my son. That has died. How can I have a relationship with my son? when he killed my other son. But let's see how David acts, and what is going to be his reaction to what happens, to what happens. So this is how chapter, uh, no, there is another pasuk. Here. But David. OK, Vahisham Shaloshamim. Sorry. Avshalom is going to be by Melech Geshur, by Talmai, son of Amihud, for three years. Now, how long did it take of Shalom? To react to Amnon's action. Two years. two years. So it means that it's five years. Two years plus the three years he has been there. So now it's five years of not having regular uh, family relationships. But David Amelech Latzet Elab Shalom kiniham alam kimet. So now it says here and the soul of David pinned for Absalom, he desired he, he was uh, being uh, he missed his son like he lost the son of Bathsheba, he lost Amnon, he doesn't have a relationship with his son Absalom the, we all know as parents uh, the heart of a parent is with the child it doesn't matter how the child behaves that relationship is always there so the heart of, of David is longing is pinning for Absalom For he had become consoled over Amnon who had died like as we said before Amnon died what can I do I'm not going to return him I'm not going to bring him back three years have passed now I wish I could see Absalom and as we will see later Absalom has a family I wish I could be with them I wish I could spend Shabbat with them etc 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 or what it means to have a relationship with your child so now this is chapter 14 is when we start the next chapter now ben who who was a very very smart person next to David, his commander in chief, his uh, his man, his army. It was very much intuitive of how his king felt. So it says here, Yoav perceived that the king's heart was set on Abshalom. He felt that. David perhaps was asking, Did you see Absalom today? What is Absalom doing? Like he felt that David the Melech was longing for Absalom. So Yoav decides, I have to do something to help the king to see his son back. So Yoav, by Shlach Yoav, Tekoa, by Kach Misham, Isha HaChama, by Yomre Leahitabelina, Belivshina Bigdeav, Evel. What is you have going to do? You you have sent tekoa with a hair at the end means let tekoa. You have sent to tekoa to bring from there a wise woman, and this type of wise woman is a woman that is an actress. That she knows how to act imagine he sends to broadway to bring one of the actor, uh, actors from there and he want from her to have a plan he said i want you to come and do like this i want you to pretend to be a mourner wear garments of mourning and do not anoint yourself with oil it seems that that was the practice of a person at that is mourning be this way for many days like really a prolonged way like a woman mourning over a dead person then come before the king and speak these words to him, and you have put the words into her mouth, okay? So the psu don't tell us exactly what words is you have telling her to say, for either because the, by the description later, we can already deduce what were the words, or perhaps because he just left it in her hands. I want you to do something about this, and she is going to build the, the dialogue and the conversation. So she comes to the king, like save the king. The quiet woman spoke to the king and she fell on her face to the ground and prostrated herself. She said, Save O King, So the king says, Okay, uh, by the way, if you remember, uh, we still didn't study this, but we know. It was very normal. It was one of the king's um, jobs to judge. People would come to the king with their uh, whatever problems they have and ask from the king. What does it remind us? Like a the, the, the two women that come to Shlomo, mm-hmm. yes. right? That they come to for the dispute that they have over the child. So this woman is coming to the king, save the king. And she looks like, you know, imagine like mourning. You say, like if we see a a woman in our day that is all wearing black and without makeup and very non-taking care of herself, so you can understand the situation. So she says, in truth, I am a widowed woman. My husband has died. In truth, I'm a widowed woman. My husband has died. Your maid servant had two sons. The two of them quarreled in the field, and there was no rescue between them. One struck the other and killed him. What does it remind us? One brother killing the Kine other. In She's bringing a very similar scenario, and as we will see. In the continuation, the fact that it was in the sade in the field, doesn't matter to us at all, to the story. It seems that she wants David Amel to think about a similar situation. We're going to try to think why. That what what is the description, what is the situation? They were fighting, there was nobody there, so one struck the other and killed him. The, The translation... Makes us think that it's murder, but by it seems quite an accident. Like they were fighting and, and by hitting each other, one killed the other. So Now behold, the entire family rose up against your maidservant and said, hand over the one who struck down his brother, and we shall put him to death for the life of his brother, whom he murdered. We shall also destroy this hair. They would thus extinguish my last remaining coal, not leaving for my husband a name, and a remnant on the face of the earth. This is called in... uh, in Hebrew, a ma- the mashal Mashal shifuti means this is a mashal. How do you translate mashal? Parable. A-, a parable, parable. a parable that has a goal. The goal is for the person that is listening to the mashal to be able to... Connect? Um, judge a different situation from this mashal. It's like when God, was it God or Natan? One of them came to David. It's exactly, it's exactly that. It's exactly like when Natan comes to David. He doesn't tell David, David, why did you take Bacheva that, that she was the only woman of Uriah. He brings him a different situation. Why? Because the person that is listening is able to be objective because and usually we're not going to blame ourselves. We all think that we are perfect. We all usually find justifications to the way we behave. So now, what is she saying? The family, after one of my children killed the other, what do they want to do? They want to kill the one that. They want to kill the other one. And she says, and she's very smart. She doesn't say they're only killing the other one. She says, the consequences are going to be that it will extinguish my last remaining coal which is affecting me as a widow that I'm going to be alone, not leaving for my husband a name. It's not leaving for my husband also a continuity, a name, and a remnant on the face of the earth. And in this earth, there's not going to be any remnant. Going back to Cain and Eve. What what is the problem here? What is the problem? David Amelech, Melech, imagine he hears that there was murder. What does he have to do as a king? issue a judgment. Like, what is the judgment? The, or, or, what should be the judgment? It's
1: I ain't talking, I ain't, Like you have to no, kill the,
0: the, the person. The judgment here is he deserves to die. Now, she's bringing a situation, first of all, it's not real murder. They were fighting. Manslaughter. And one was killed. It was manslaughter. Uh, another thing, she brings it very similar to the, what happened with Cain and Evel. Cain and Evel, who was the judge? Hashem. 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 Is Hashem killing... Kain. No, Hashem sentencing him to exile. So she is trying to show David: sometimes, sometimes the sentence doesn't need to be death. In the in the in the case of Cain and Evel, killing Cain is killing half of the of the humanity. Here is not leaving anyone on the face, or my family, for my family on the face of the earth. So she's bringing David, the king, the judge into a place where he can empathize with her. He can say, okay, I'm going to, to avoid from this to happen. The so. fact that she's a widow works two ways. Number one, it
1: means that she cannot possibly have any more heirs, meaning, like, these were her two kids, that's it. And, like, to her, like to, for Yibum purposes, like, there's nobody to uphold the husband's name. But also, it maybe allows Davi to have another layer
0: of sympathy Compassion, for her. Compassion, exactly. Right. Compassion and sympathy. Beautiful, yes. So now, the king said to the woman, after he hears this story, David actually is touched. And he tells the woman, go home, and I will issue a command concerning you. I I will take care of it. Like, uh, go, it's in the records. What can happen? Nothing. can happen, nothing happens, (laughs) right? (laughs) When things are, are postponed. Like, uh, I, I had, I had when I was in Israel, I had to do a very difficult uh, thing to close a, a, an account in a bank that my daughter, Teila, had opened when she was supposed to go back to Israel. And I just go, and I speak with them, and they say, okay, ca- okay we'll take care of that. I said, no, no, I'm not moving from here until <laughs> you take care of that? Because if they don't take care in front of you, they, you know what happens. Yeah, yeah. Things are going to be forgotten. So the woman of Tekoa said to the king. The sin will be upon me and upon my father's family, my lord the king. The king and his throne are innocent. Who wants to explain this sentence? What did she say? The sin will be upon me and upon my father's family, my lord the king. The king and his throne are innocent.
1: be if something happens. So I don't understand why. No, David. it'll be her it fault. Be. But th- it says in the commentary, the woman intimidated that if her son were harmed after this royal guarantee of
0: safe- safety, it would be David's fault. Since, not now. Not now. Uh, not on this place. Here she says, oh my king, if you are worried that your verdict is unfair, because you are supposed to Sentence, death for the son and you're going to make a mistake on me it's going to be on me mm. the sin will be upon me and upon my father's family my lord the king the king and his throne are innocent the king replied whoever speaks ill to you bring him to me and he will no longer harm you what is ridiculous about what David is telling her all these people all your family members that want to kill him and don't listen to you. you, want to kill your other son, bring them to me. Like, how can a widow, a weak woman, a vulnerable woman, take care of bringing those that want to kill her children? That's kind of, an, of a difficult task for her to achieve. So what does she say? She said, May the king remember Hashem, your God, to protect me from the many destructive blood aven- avengers so that they do not they not destroy my son. So she says, like, this is impossible. Like, blood Avengers, usually, you know, we have a mitzvah in the Torah for the, for the uh, person that kills. What is the mitzvah? What do we, uh, uh, by accident. Uh, Irmiklat. We have Arim. We are, we are supposed to separate six cities, where a person that killed by accident can escape there, why? Because that's a fact, there is, there is revenge. The blood avengers, the family members that want to take care of, of uh, uh, avenging the, the blood of the person that died, will kill you. So she says, uh, may the king remembers Hashem your God to protect me. Like she says, this is the way Hashem usually deals with these things. He protects people that are in, uh, uh, in danger to be killed, so that convinces David. Then he says, what does he say? As Hashem lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground. So that David then issues the veredict. We can imagine perhaps that there was somebody next to him writing down whatever the king says. So now it's then, it's said, there is a seal of the king. The veredict is, I'm going, we the palace, are going to protect the, your other son, even that he killed his brother. Why? Because what are the reasons? It was by accident. Is your only son? What is going to be? Good for you to lose or also this chance. So now the woman then said, May your maidservant speak a word to my lord the king? Okay, she doesn't say, Okay, thank you, my king, makes the reverences and leaves. Can I have a word with the king? And then the king says, Speak. Now wait, before we continue, it's the next page, don't open. <laughs> Whenever it was Nathan Hanavi, what did he say? Immediately after David got cut in the parable. What, did, what were the words of Nathanael and Navi? He says this is you. Atahayish, you are the man. And it was very, uh, like, a decisive blunt. and blunt. And the Navi immediately started, boom, 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 giving back to Navi. Now, try to think, it's a woman, a widow. A She's an actress. She's coming to do what you have asked from her. But let's see. How does she handle now the fact that the king, kind of, how you say when the fish takes the fate, the fate? He took the fate, and, and now what's going to be? Okay. So now, where am I? Pasuk 13. Batomer haisha veLama hashavta kazod al am Elohim. Umidabera mitho, mud nefesh Vata I know you still don't know the translation, but you can follow it. How does it sound? How does it sound? I'm going to read it in English. The woman said, Why do you think such a thing about God's people? And let the king not say now about this matter that he was mistaken in order for the king not to return his own banished one. For we shall all die like water flowing along the ground that cannot be collected. God spares no one. Let the king therefore ponder thoughts so that no one be banished from him. And now the reason I have come to speak to the king, my lord, in this manner, is because the people frightened me. So your maid servant thought, I shall speak to the king, and perhaps the king will carry out the word of his maidservant, for the king would listen to save his maidservant from the clutches of that man who wishes to obliterate me and my son alike from the heritage of God. So your maidservant said, let the word of my lord the king bring about tranquility for his own son, in parentheses, for like an angel of God, so is my lord the king, listening to the good and the bad, may Hashem your God be with you. What does it sound like? Seems like... A rebuke. She's taking a lot lot of
1: time to get to the
0: point. She's taking a lot of time to get to the point. It's a very long monologue. It's a very uh, confusing, confusing, diplomatic, measuring the words, being very careful, definitely. Like, the woman came on a mission. I suppose she was paid for that. But when the moment of truth, whenever she has to tell the king, you see, I put in front of you this case. And immediately you understood what has to be the sentence, but whenever it's about you, Atayish, you don't make the same judgment in regards to your son of Shalom. That was the purpose of all this act that she put together. But she starts saying, all of us are going to die, and why do you act differently with the people of the land? And uh, what else, uh, uh, people have scared me to, to say this and would you listen like it's she she does it in making many many she talks in crowds. circles oh you're not in the chat oh. I'm so sorry we started the class half an hour earlier today what? you're not in the small ch- class chat we have to add you I'm, so, oh, I'm sorry. so sorry
1: we should have announced it in another other channel so Okay, oh, please. Please. I have to add her
0: in the chat. I apologize that we didn't think about no, letting know. you know. I'm so sorry. Okay, so now she deserves from us to tell us where, where we're standing. <laughs> we have to tell you. Okay, who wants to? Gabby, it's not I so no, clear? I'm, I'm, this last
1: part I got confused yeah, about. Yeah, it's, it's confusing. monologue was very confusing.
0: Okay, so, but before that, what happens? Last week we ended that Amnon raped Tamar, that after two years of Shalom, killed Amnon, and oh, we didn't see that together? Okay, Abshalom killed Amnon after two years. Now what does Abshalom do? Abshalom escapes. He goes into exile, into like a different area where it's not under David Melech, but under the king of Keshuf. Now, after three years pass, David kind of misses his son, and you have wants to help this situation to be fixed. Like, Amnon is dead. Now, Absalom, the other son, is in exile. So it's kind of David lost both his sons. He lost Amnon and he lost Absalom. So, what does Yoab, his commander of the army, do for David? He calls a woman that is very wise and he says, I want you to come to the king and make like an act. What type of act? and we're going to see what she does. She comes and she dresses like a widow, like she's a mourning and she tells the king, you know what happened? One of my, my two boys were in the field and they were fighting and one hit the other and he killed him. She says, my family, all the, the family, my family want to kill my other son because he murdered his brother. So please, if, he, if they kill him, I'm going to stay without none of them. Please, king, do something. So we see that David feels compassion. What does he do? He says, don't worry. We saw it It happens in few, in few rounds that she insists. She says, I'm going to take care that nothing will happen to your other son. So now, this woman has to tell David, this story that I'm telling you is a mashal, it's a parable. It's for you to understand that you already lost one son. Do you want, don't you want to recover at least your other son, the same way that that woman was crying for her son? You should apply the same justice for your own son. Because it seems that the fact that David didn't see Absalom until now, is not only that Absalom escaped, David is not calling him back. Like Absalom, imagine perhaps there is everywhere signs, wanted, wanted, with a picture of Absalom, for people to bring him to the king, and the sentence is dead. He killed Amnon. So this woman is telling David, look, now we saw, we just saw now, I just didn't want to go into all this paragraph. Like, I don't think it's necessary. We saw how for her it was kind of difficult to confront the king and telling him, you see, you are doing the same. So she goes all around, why the king acts like this. Let me read again the paragraph, okay? The woman said... Why do you think such a thing about God's people? Which God's people? Which God's people? Why are you doing this? That you are judging in this way? And let the king not say now about this matter that he was mistaken. And, And now don't say that it was wrong. She's warning Shlomo. Like,
1: don't go back on your words. Don't go back
0: on your words now that you get that it connects to you. Don't, don't, uh, let the king not say now about this matter that he was mistaken. in order for the king not to return his own banished one. Like, you can say, oh, no, I was wrong because you don't want to bring your banished one. Who is your banished one? Absalom. Absalom. For we shall all die like water flowing along the ground that cannot be collected. You know, king, how is life? We're all going to die one day. So if you don't bring your son back, you're losing from all that life together. And how does she compares death to what? To the water that flowing along the ground that cannot be collected. Once the water is poured into the ground, it absorbs by the ground, that's it. God spares no one. All of us are going to king. Let the king therefore ponder thoughts so that no one be banished from him. Like... Imagine you want to speak with somebody that has a a tension in relationships, which happens. So one good argument would be, you will regret, like life is short. Like today you don't want to talk with each other, you don't want to have a real, but life is short. It seems like it's forever, but one day we're not going to be here. Chaval, it's a shame. what she's telling, she's kind of giving him all type of explanations that are perhaps, I'm, I'm seeing it now. It's not only because she was intimidated by the king, but perhaps after she brought the parable, the marshal, she still didn't feel that it was strong enough. Like she feels that she needs to bring more arguments to make it stronger for the king to get it. And then she says, now the reason now is because she's afraid. The reason I've come to speak to the king, my lord, in this manner, why do I come to speak with you about this? Is because the people frightened me. So your maidservant thought, I shall speak to the king and perhaps the king will carry out the word of his maid servant. People are scared me when they told me what you're about to do with your son. So I said, I'm going to speak with you. So the king acts differently. For the king would listen to save his maid servant from the clutches of that man to wishes to obliterate me and my son alike from the heritage of God. So again, he saying, if the king is listening to what I'm telling you, and wants to save me, perhaps you will do it with your own son. So your maid servant said, let the word of my Lord the King bring about tranquility for his own son, for like an angel of God. Now she, what does she do now? She gives him what? She's praising the King. Like after I dare to tell you what I think, she's saying, because you are like an angel of God. So is my Lord the King listening to the good and the bad. May Hashem your God be with you. I know it's not clear, but I was listening to Rabbi uh, Bazak, and he says, we see, we've seen it a few times in the Bible that when the dialogue or the monologue is not clear, it shows us the emotions of the person that is articulating this, like, like imagine you come to give Musar to the king. It's a very difficult position. A king could say, take her out of here. How do you dare to lie to me and to come with stories to me? But what happens? What is now the king is telling her? I am on Pasuk Yudh 18. Vayaan haMelech Vayomer El Aisha. Alna tekahadimi tekahadimi menidavar ashranohisho el otah. Vatomer Aisha. Ida Bernadoni Amelech. The king is telling her, listen, I want you to tell me the truth. Like he puts her against the wall. Before he asks the question, now you're gonna answer the truth, huh? She says, What? This does does this have to do anything with your? But and she answers, does she answers yes or no? She doesn't answer yes or no. Look how she answers, but don't yamelech As your soul leaves, my lord the king, so she says, As your soul leaves my lord the king, one cannot be right or left from all that my lord the king has spoken. For your servant Joab was the one who instructed me, and he put all these words into the mouth of your maid servant. So she's telling him, eh, I can see your greatness, the king, that you're going to find out. N- nothing can be done without you knowing. Like he said, wow, how did you find out that this is Joab? She's praising him again, she's saying, everything that happens in your kingdom is known by you or my king. I repeat the sentence, she says, You cannot go to the right or to the left. From all what you say, I have to tell you the truth. Yes, it's your. Again, she goes until she dares to say it. He's the one that told me what to say, why? Why did you do that? Your servant Yoav did this thing to lead up to the matter of Abshalom in a roundabout way. She's telling the king, Yes, Yoav told me. He's trying to manipulate things. So, this situation with your son Abshalom is going to change adoni she continues and says, "My Lord with my Lord the king, is wise like the wisdom of an angel of God, knowing everything in the land like very interesting. from one side I came to trick you. I came with false stories. I came to manipulate your mind. So you end up changing your actions or your opinions in regards to your son. From the other side, how do I finish my words? What does it say? Uh, my Lord is wise, like the wisdom of an angel of God, knowing everything in the land. You know everything, my king. You are all. It's very, you know, uh, I think it's very like tarot for like, you know. When They're you Like praising him. Praising, yes. Um, how can he, like.
1: I think of, like, the story with, like, Yosef and his brothers and how it was, like, on their mind, their guilt of what they had done. So that, like, when other things were happening and when they had gone to, like, Egypt and they were like, oh, this is because of what we did to our father. And here, like, he doesn't, he's totally obtuse about it until she goes about this. And he doesn't figure that part out. But right away he figures out that Yoav sent her. Like, I think it's a little bit weird. Like, he blocked it out of his mind almost.
0: He doesn't figure it out, but the other, on and, and the other side, we can really, really perceive the weakness of David. David Amele has, is in a place of, I don't know what would be the word. He's like helpless. Helplessness, uh, acceptance of, I uh, say when you surrender, he surrendered. What I did, The scene that I'm carrying with me ruined my life, ruined my family life. I already lost two boys. I'm about to lose the the third one. Like, you can see that his pain is making him act in certain ways. So yes, he's able to see that you have did this, but he's not so much connecting with the things that are relating to him and his actions. Or perhaps, or perhaps for him, is Job was very smart, Joab knew. The king needs to act with justice. The king in the outside needs to act with justice. Doesn't matter if it is my son, like From the other side, the king is dying for his son. I'm gonna help him. So perhaps David saw here like the, you know, they're throwing him the, how you call it, the rope to get out of the, of the pit. So perhaps he's holding into this. Oh, oh, oh you're right, perhaps I don't have to be so cruel perhaps actually at the end of the day it won't help anyone, I'm not going to return I'm not, I'm not going to make the rape of Tamar go away, I'm not going to make what I did with Batsheva go away Like, why should I keep destroying and, dest- and, 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 and ruining my life and my family's life so I understand what you are saying but it could be actually what you are saying that is causing him not to see this but to see that Okay. anybody, any, any more comments?
1: just thinking how funny it is that like you have turned 100% from like trying to do everything for David to like Avshalom to what happens in the end with
0: Avshalom. Excellent. Excellent. That was a point I wanted to bring later. With uh, Amnon, we saw that that wisdom of his friend didn't bring any good. And here, the wisdom of this woman didn't bring any good. Like sometimes it happens to all of us online. We try to force things for, to happen. And at the end, things are not the best for us. One more thing that we're going to see here is pay attention. You remember with uh, Amnon and Tamar, how we saw that David himself was sending his daughter to be raped and his son, she sent him to death also here. David is the one doing the thing. By ishlah, you will see the the root shin lametches repeating itself. This kind of his creating for himself self all this situation like those that never studied Shmuel Bet, uh, This all of this sounds terrible. The most terrible of it still didn't come. We're gonna see what happens with this Absalom. Okay, it's really. So for now we're we're kind of happy. Wow, you was able to make shalom between David and his son. He's going to forgive him, he's gonna come home. Let's see. We will see that David is still not hundred percent shalem beatsmo, he's not hundred uh, percent say shalem at peace. at peace with his decision. He knows that you cannot just forget forgive up shalom like nothing happened. So look what happens now. Uh, Kaf Aleph, 21. So again, we can judge this in so many ways. We can judge David, first of all, as humble. Like he's accepting the advice of the woman, of Yoab. Or we can say, wow, David is really, was really waiting for a way to bring his son to Shalom. But he does it. He's not upset at Yoab. He doesn't tell him, why do you manipulate me? Why do you send me a woman? Do you think I have nothing to do than to listen to stories that are fake? But he tells him, I'm going to do that. So Yoav um, fell upon his face. So now he says, he prostrated himself and blessed the king you have said. Today your servant realizes that I have found favor in your eyes, my lord the king. For the king has carried out the request of your servant. Wow, you are listening to me, my king. I really appreciate. I can see that you love me. The king says, yes. I'm letting him come back. He can leave and from Geshur. He can come to where we are. But, but, he shouldn't come to see me. He's allowed here. I'm accepting him and he, the sentence of death is taken away from him, but I'm not accepting him as my son. He cannot come to see me. So we see that David is still holding into that need to act with justice, even with his own son. And look at now, what an interesting pasuk. Do I have uh, five more minutes? Yes. Yeah. OK. Um, this is the most, I think, the strongest description of beauty in the whole Tanakh. The strongest. We can say that Absalom perhaps was the, you say, handsomest mm-hmm. or the most handsome?
1: The, most, the
0: most, most handsome person in the Tanakh. It says here, there was no one in all of Israel as praiseworthy for his beauty as Avshalom. From the bottom of his foot to the top of his head, there was no blemish in him. Like, he's not that he had a beautiful face. He's not that he had beautiful eyes. He's not he had beautiful... Everything on him was gorgeous. Like, Atanak is describing from the... Imagine that she looked like this. Wow. Yeah, but lo
1: It almost sounds like an animal. That's how we, like, identify wow. like an, an animal That's for Korban. So
0: interesting what you are saying. Wow. And actually... There is a lot in what you say because Avshalom, the 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 strong description of his uh, outer appearance, it's so strong that it makes us kind of feel that was what he was.
1: There was nothing more to him. There was
0: nothing more to it. What was his inner worth? We're going to see. Kind of sometimes when there is too much of one thing, it comes at the expense of very little or nothing from the other. By the way, chas v'halilah, we're not trying to say that we don't appreciate beauty or beauty is something bad. And, you know, whoever is born beautiful, you can say, oh, I'm beautiful and so bad. It's a, bless- it's a blessing, it's a gift from Hashem. But perhaps what we can learn from the Danach, that every time that beauty appears, I think almost the Lominacle almost always you see problems. Every time there is a description or a statement about somebody that was beautiful, problems are coming to tell us that beauty can be a, a, a gift, but it's challenging. same way with, with the, you know wealth, wealth is a gift, but it puts the person into the challenge. What type of challenge can a, a wealth bring?
1: Uh, we can
0: greed, materialism, arrogance, to believe that everything that I have is because of me and my power and my wisdom, no. So here, the Tanakh is describing Absalom as the perfection. He was like, I imagine Absalom, I imagine like a Greek statue, They there was so much into perfection of the body. So we have description of perfection of his body, I repeat, Ukav Shalom lo haya ish yefe bechol Yisrael lehalel meodod lemod He was a person that really awake praise from everybody that saw him Wow 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 How beautiful how handsome Mikha raglo v'at kotkodo lo haya bo nothing was bad on him. More more ubegalcho et rosho So he says here, whenever he would shave his head, and it continues, why would he shave his head? Because it would become heavy on him. Whenever he would shave his head, uh, at the end, it says here, at the end of every year, he would have his hair barbered. By the way, this is again an uh, interpretation There is different mefarshim for how often would he cut his hair. Some say every 30 days. Some say more, more often or less often. There is a Peruf that says that Absalom was Nazir, but was Nazir not for the sake of becoming more spiritual, perhaps for the sake of enjoying his uh, hair. So whenever he cut his hair, he would do it because it became heavy upon him and he had it barbered. The hair of his head weighed, how do you say weighted? Weighed. Weighed. Weight, sorry, 200 shekels by the king's weight, which means it was very, very thick and heavy. The Midrash says, I don't remember the words, perhaps one of the Mefarshim bring it here. The Midrash, our rabbis compared his head to a tree. A tree that had a lot of branches, uh, you know, interwined with each other. That's how Absalom's curls and hair was very rich and beautiful. So Absalom had three children, three boys, sorry, and one girl, four children. What name did he put his girl? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. And she was beautiful. Why was she called Tamar?
1: After, after his, after his sister, sister, after the dead aunt.
0: He lives with that memory, like perhaps he named her before that, and that uh, grievance about what was done to his sister, perhaps the fact that my father didn't do anything and it passed like nothing happened. So every time he looked at his daughter, and the beautiful daughter as Tamar was, he remembered. 님, his sister so there is piec- we, we didn't finish you, have, you will have to remind me uh, one two three four five six, six, six uh-huh. Supreme we have the six last sukim of the chapter and also just for us to as a thought before we, we, we go what does it tell you the fact that shalom was handsome and looked beautiful and everybody would praise him and he had children. What does it say about Tavshalom? He
1: had a lot of potential. For? The melucha. Exactly.
0: Exactly. He had it all. And it seemed like the best option or choice for the Next next king. Now we see that he is not, when, when, when he ch- wants to come back to the king, and we will see how much more he wants to come back, it's not uh, because I miss daddy, and I love daddy, no, no. and I want daddy. What is driving him is the ambition to be the heir of the throne. So we're going to continue the Israel next week.